0: Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. So today I wanted to talk to you about PTSD and trauma and the effects of trauma on the brain and how we can work through trauma. Even if you've never experienced trauma yourself, chances are you know someone who has. And it's possible that if you work in a field like teaching or in the medical field, you will be exposed to people who have. So this is very informational for all of you. I have learned a lot because I've had to also go through this with my own children. And so in doing that, I've done a lot of research on this. So you may be asking yourself, what exactly is PTSD, in case you don't know? It stands for post-traumatic stress disorder, and it is a mental health condition that involves disturbances and threat perception, threat sensitivity, self-image, and emotional functioning. It can be very serious because it can lead to a disruption in the ability to have healthy, satisfying relationships, or to tolerate life's uncertainties, failures, and rejections without excess stress. It can cause phobias, sleep disturbance, negative mood, anxiety, and it can also lead to attention or concentration difficulties. So it can interfere with academic or career success. So if you are raising a child and you're thinking to yourself, wow, they've always struggled in this area, it is possible that they could have PTSD. So researchers in neuroscience suggest that impaired functioning in the brain is responsible for the symptoms that occur from PTSD. So getting even deeper into this, PTSD develops in response to a trauma that may have occurred recently or it could have occurred in the distant past. Generally, the trauma would involve some sense of threat of life or threat of bodily harm affecting either you or a loved one. So core symptoms of PTSD include experiencing flashbacks or nightmares or emotional flooding as if you're re-experiencing the trauma, attempts to avoid reminders of the event or associated emotions of the event, hyperarousal, which means that you constantly feel like you're on the edge. Some might see it as like a paranoia. And you may experience distressing thoughts or emotional reactions. These symptoms, they can last for at least two weeks and they interfere with functioning or cause significant distress. It's interesting because 10% of women and 4% of men will develop post-traumatic stress disorder over their lifetimes. People who have been exposed or experienced sexual trauma are at an increased risk, especially if the trauma was at a young age and if it was repeated. So here's how the PTSD affects your brain in two key areas. First of all, the amygdala. This is the small almond-shaped structure that's located in the middle of your temporal lobe. It's designed to detect threats in your environment. So you know how we talk about having that fight or flight response? The amygdala is the area in your brain that activates that fight or flight response. The amygdala also activates the sympathetic nervous system to help you deal with the threat and to help you store new emotional or threat related memories. The second part of the brain that gets activated and is affected by trauma is the prefrontal cortex or the PFC. It's located in the frontal lobe just behind your forehead and it's designed to regulate attention and awareness, make decisions about the best response to a situation, initiate conscious voluntary behavior, determine the meaning and emotional significance of events, regulate emotions, inhibit or correct dysfunctional reactions. So when your brain detects a threat, the amygdala initiates a quick automatic defensive flight or fight response involving the release of adrenaline, and that kind of revs up your brain and your body. Should the threat continue, the amygdala continues with the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland to release cortisol. Meanwhile, the other part of your brain, the prefrontal cortex, consciously assesses the threat and either calms down the fight or flight response or revs it up, right? Like, yes, this is a situation where we need to fight or we need to flee. So studies show that people who have PTSD are shown to have a hyperreactive amygdala. So that fight or flight response is over the top. But they have a less activated medial PFC or prefrontal cortex, which means that the fight or flight response is super strong. And the part of the brain that actually assesses the situation and says, yeah, this is needed or no, it's not. That's not a fight or flight situation. You're going to be fine is lowered. So people have an impaired ability to regulate to a threat's response. A lot of times you overreact to situations. And you might think of this as getting overly emotional to situations that other people might look at and go, well, what was the big deal about that? Well, because the amygdala is overactive, that means that you have hypervigilance, hyperarousal, increased wakefulness, and sleep disruption. So if you have a hard time sleeping at night, and some people might consider that to be paranoia, but maybe you go to bed at night and you just can't shut off your brain and there's, you're constantly thinking about what happened or just things throughout your day, or as you're walking throughout your day, you might not feel safe, you may be constantly feeling the need to look over your shoulders like everything is a threat. And that is the hyperarousal, which is one of the main problems of PTSD with that amygdala over-responding. So people who suffer from that hyperarousal can get emotionally triggered by anything that resembles the original trauma. So a survivor telling her story on TV, a loud noise, someone passing by who looks like their assailant. So that means that they are frequently keyed up and on edge. You can imagine if you're walking by and all of those things could trigger you, you're always going to be on edge. So that means that your emotions are going to be super revved up and amped up all of the time, which means you probably are also experiencing the anxiety and depression going along with that. But this also means that people with PTSD have less control over reactive anger and impulsive behaviors when they are emotionally triggered. Reactive anger can cause damage to career success And it can interfere with relationship functioning because if you're with somebody and every little thing sets them off, that's going to be super hard to deal with. Another thing that occurs with people who have PTSD is they often report feeling an excess of negative emotion and very little positive emotion. They have a difficult time enjoying day-to-day activities and interactions. And again, this is probably the result of that hyperactive amygdala. And the honest truth is that there are probably more and more people experiencing trauma today because when you look at social media, sometimes just seeing certain people's posts can be traumatic. There is... There are so many more things that can trigger you today. Because let's say back in the 80s, you know, you experienced trauma. You didn't have social media constantly in your face with people posting things about abuse or things going on. So I feel like today there are so many more triggers than there were years ago. So that can lead to you feeling extremely helpless you can feel emotionally drained, like your day to day life is just not fulfilling at all. Like you may dread having to get up in the morning. Maybe you don't sleep well at night. And that's no way to live. So, there are some things that you can do to help with PTSD. This is the amazing thing about the brain. Even though trauma changes the functioning of the brain, studies have shown that 10 to 12 weeks of mindfulness practice can decrease the amygdala volume and increase the connectivity between the amygdala and the PFC, the prefrontal cortex. So mindfulness seems to make the amygdala less reactive and the prefrontal cortex more able to calm down the threat response. So the good news is we can retrain our brain to to balance out the functioning between the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex, which is amazing. I think this is awesome. And it's really cool that mindfulness is what does it because it is super, super easy to insert mindfulness into your day. So I'm going to tell you some things that you can do to insert mindfulness every day, some activities you can do Of course, we know that meditation is a great mindfulness activity that helps you to calm down, to balance your emotions. The EFT tapping, which stands for emotional freedom technique, is another way to help balance out those emotions. But here are some simple things. Mindfulness is really all about minding your mind. Your brain can actually cause you to focus on negative things and make your situation seem worse than it is. So mindfulness or minding the mind is the act of being present in your everyday moment to see that nothing bad is happening to you or around you. That's our brain reacting to that trauma that we had in the past and saying it's going to happen again and trying to keep us safe. But the truth is, it's not happening again. It's just our brain trying to help us be super hyper vigilant, but that doesn't really help us. So what being mindful does is it brings us back into the present moment to realize, hey, I'm okay. I'm safe right here. Nothing's happening to me. So I'm going to talk to you about some mindfulness activities that you can do. Now, the first one is super interesting. Now, this is called the raisin exercise, and you can do this with anything, but I'll tell you why they call it the raisin exercise. The object of this exercise is to bring your mind to the present and to what is right in front of you. Now, they use a raisin in this exercise because a raisin is something, who thinks about a raisin? Nobody, right? You don't go throughout your day and go, hey, I wonder about raisins. Nobody does that, unless you're just obsessed with raisins, which I don't know. Anyway. So you take a raisin and you put them in your hand and imagine that you've never seen a raisin before. So if you've never seen a raisin before, I want you to look at it and I want you to write down how the raisin looks. How does it feel? How does the raisin feel when you hold it against your skin? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? So you're focusing on this raisin for the whole time, and it's meant to bring your mind to the present, to what's right in front of you. Now, you don't have to use a raisin, but I think that's an interesting idea. You can use anything you want. What you're doing is you are taking your brain's energy and you're focusing on what is currently in your hand and making a point to notice everything about what's currently going on right in front of you. So if you're doing that, you are not likely to be able to expend your time and energy and attention on worrying about other parts of your life. So it's teaching you to focus on what's right in front of you currently. And your mind may wander sometimes, which is natural, but you just gently guide it back to that, okay, what's the raisin look like again? And I have done this with my daughter before when she went through panic attacks. I didn't do it with a raisin, but I had her focus on one thing in the room and I asked her to describe the thing in the room. What does she think about the thing in the room? And what it's doing is redirecting your brain so that your brain isn't going to what's going to happen in five minutes, what's happening tomorrow. It's bringing it back to the present. And that's what being mindful is all about, is being present in the present moment, minding your mind. Another thing you can do is a body scan. It's really easy to do. You don't need anything. But what you do is you lie on your back with your palms facing up and your feet falling slightly apart. And you're asked to lie very still for a duration. And there are body scan activities on YouTube that you can go and search for. Uh, Because if you're the one who is trying to do these mindfulness exercises, you'll want someone to facilitate this. So you can just go to YouTube and do the body scan. Just search body scan activity. But then the person who's leading it will bring awareness to your breath, noticing the rhythm of your breath, breathing in and out, holding that breath, noticing the gentleness, then paying attention to the body. How does it feel? How does the texture of your clothing feel against your skin? Again, what you're doing is you are paying attention to the here and the now. What does my body feel like right now? What does my breathing feel like right now? And that helps to bring you back to the present moment as well. Now, one activity that um, my guest, Amy Lee Westerfeld, talked about, which I thought was amazing and I think is such a great activity is to think of a memory that brings you happiness. So this is more for if you're feeling overwhelmed by emotion. Just close your eyes and take a deep breath. I always say it starts with breathing and coming to this place of the here and the now. So close your eyes, take a nice deep breath in. And I always say as you exhale, imagine that you're exhaling all of your worries and stress and problems. You're just letting it all go. And you're coming to this space of just peace, peacefulness, right? There's nothing happening to me right now. I'm safe. I'm safe. I would tell myself, I'm safe. I'm safe. And then go to a memory that makes you happy. Now, she talked about her wedding day, but for us single gals, that's probably not gonna be our place of happy. But what memory from your childhood makes you happy? When were you the happiest? For me, My happiest memory was always Christmas Eve, not because of the presents, but because we would always go to my grandma's house and my whole family would be there, I'd get to play with my cousins and we would have so much food and everyone would be laughing and having a good time and they were playing Christmas music and then we would get to open maybe a present, but then we'd go to my dad's side and same thing, house full of people, lots of food, laughter, always so much fun and it was more about being in the moment with my family and enjoying that and I realized that for a lot of people the holidays don't bring happiness so if that isn't your happy place don't go there maybe Disney World is your happy place maybe it literally is Disney World Uh, but wherever you are happiest because that is a happy place for me my children we always took them to Disney World or Disneyland so go to that place where were you your happiest What was happening around you? I would just put so much detail in it because you're going to feel the feelings of happiness as you go deeper into that place. And again, this is bringing your mind to an awareness of good things, not bad. And you can do this at any time, which is the great thing about it. And it doesn't take much time at all. So just close your eyes, take a deep breath in, exhale all of the negative, the worry, the stress. Now go to a place where you are your happiest how old were you? Who was around you? What did that feel like? If you were outside, what was the weather like? Could you feel the sun shining on your face? What was around you? You know, doing that, it enhances those feelings of happiness because it feels like you're going back to that place. But also, it's helping you to focus your attention On other things rather than going to that place of negativity and oh my gosh, what's going to happen? There are a lot of really good mindfulness activities that you can do. And I will put a link in the description to this podcast for an article that I found for 22 mindfulness activities that you can do that will help you. So I will put those there. But one of the best things you can do is to really come back to a space of being present. So closing your eyes, taking a deep breath, getting grounded here in the present. And you may have to tell yourself, you're safe. It's safe to be you. Because a lot of people who experience post-traumatic stress disorder don't feel safe. That's the thing. Whatever the thing was that happened to them took away their sense of control and their sense of safety. So a lot of people who suffer from trauma feel the need to have to control everything in their lives because they were not in control when this traumatic event happened to them. Or they feel that they're just not safe anywhere they go. And those are the two things we need to work on too, is your feeling of being in control and your feeling of being safe. First of all, No matter how much any of us feel like we're in control, we're really not in control. Things happen to us that we don't have control over. But you can keep yourself safe and you can do things to protect yourself. You don't need to feel helpless. No, you really don't need to feel helpless. Because as an adult, we do have control over things in our lives. We We can make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and that we are being safe. But maybe doing tappings that focus on it's safe to be me, I'm safe. Because I feel like a lot of people who suffer from trauma, that's the biggest thing is they just don't feel safe. And you are completely safe. So doing the things that you need to do to help you focus on what actually is the truth and what is not the truth because our brain will tell us a lot of things that are not true trying to keep us safe but it's really not keeping us safe it's keeping us stuck so one of the other things that i think is interesting is they have a mindful eating for four minutes this exercise So what you do is you take whatever it is that you're eating. They talk about using the raisin again. I wouldn't like that. I'm not a big raisin fan. But pay attention to what you're holding. How does it feel in your hands? Once you've noticed the texture, the weight, the color, then bring your awareness to the smell of the object. And then after you've done all of that, you move on to eating. But do so slowly and with concentrated attention. Notice the taste of the object and the texture as it's on your tongue. And not only can this exercise help you with mindfulness, but it can also help you discover new experiences with familiar food. You know, they say sometimes that you're, you know, we eat mindlessly sometimes, and I don't think we even taste all of the taste of our food when we do that. I know I'm guilty of that sometimes. So you may discover new tastes within food just by doing the mindfulness eating. I think that's interesting. All right, guys. Well, I do want to say that if you have experienced trauma, my heart goes out to you because I've witnessed through my children how difficult it is to experience that and to work through that. But I am seeing so much progress in them, and I know that you can experience progress and even recovery. And mindfulness is an amazing thing because as I said earlier, mindfulness interventions that last 10 to 12 weeks have been shown in studies to decrease the amygdala volume. So that means that you can experience less of that fight or flight response, less of feeling on edge or hypervigilance. You could get sleep back to normal, right? Because I think a lot of people who experience PTSD, the number one thing is you don't sleep right. And that affects all areas of your life if you're not sleeping. So try to really work in this mindfulness practices. And if you need a little help, you know, my course, Love Your Life is on sale right now. It's still only $33 because I just want everyone to be able to take advantage of it. I think it should be affordable because I think everyone needs a program like this. And it's all about mindfulness and how to incorporate that into your everyday lives. So go check that out. It's on my website, melissaoatman.com. Go to the offerings page. Once you click on it to buy it, then you will receive an email that gives you your membership login and you have access to that for the rest of your life and I still go in occasionally and add more resources there so make sure that you go check that out all right guys well I wanted to thank you for joining me today I did pull a card for you and the card I pulled is from the crazy sexy love notes deck by Chris Carr it's elevate your energy your thoughts and invi- excuse me your thoughts are vibrations that attract positive or negative energy notice your current emotional state Clear any negative thought through conversation, movement, breath work, prayer, meditation, and so on. Then guide your thoughts back to love and abundant possibilities. When you elevate your energy, you attract abundance, health, and prosperity into your life. I love that. There are so many ways that we can elevate our energy. So if you've been feeling just blah lately, which... I know that I have been feeling a lot of things. There's a huge energetic shift going on right now and it's really causing a lot of symptoms in people. You might be experiencing flu-like symptoms, you may have a headache, you may be fatigued, you may not be able to sleep at night. I don't I don't know about you, but for me, I get these brilliant ideas that come to me when I'm trying to lay down to go to sleep. And then I end up staying awake like most of the time it'll be 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning before I can finally go to sleep because my brain is just like, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, to the point that sometimes I have to get up and write things down or you know, do something so I can clear my brain so I can go to sleep. And it makes a lot of sense because right now there are a lot of portals opening and there's a huge creative shift going on. A lot of people are being called to create new things So you may be feeling that too. And if you are, it's so important for you to take care of yourself. Do that self-care. Go outside, walk in nature, go just walk barefoot in the grass or hug a tree, ground yourself, hold your crystals, do a meditation, do a tapping. All of those things can help you to get grounded again and to get your energy back to where it needs to be. Another thing you can do is to take a hot bath with salt, Epsom salt, and then some essential oils. Do whatever you need to do. But we're going through this huge shift, and many people are awakening even more now and they're receiving downloads. And you may be one of those people who are feeling that. So it's super important for you to take care of yourself. All right, guys. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here with me. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please share it with others. Please leave a review from wherever you're listening. If you're listening on iTunes, give me some stars. That really helps me, and I appreciate you so much for doing that. Also, if you would like to work with me, you can go to my website, Oatman.com. There you will find a list of services I offer. I do the energy clearings. Um, I it's Reiki is what it's listed under, but if you get a Reiki session with me and you tell me, you know, hey, I just I want you to clear my energy, that's what it is. Reiki is clearing your energy. I also align and clear your chakras when I do Reiki, so... Um, a reiki session with me is not simply reiki i do the reiki and i will focus on the parts of the body you need me to but i also will clear your energy and clear your energy chakras and then i also give you a guided meditation at the end just to relax you even more so if you're interested in that check that out on my website i do life coaching i do past life regressions and readings if you'd like a card reading and um Everything I do is intuitive. So if we do a coaching session, I'm always calling on my team. I get intuitive guidance about what you need to help you live your best life. So check that out. You can go to the offerings page and purchase a session. When you're ready to book, simply email me or contact me through social media. We'll schedule your session. All of my sessions are done through Zoom online. So you don't have to worry about being in person. Makes it more convenient for everyone. All right, guys, Uh, don't forget to join me on social media, too. I go live Mondays at 630 Central on Facebook, where I do a free card reading, and I also post videos to IGTV, and my YouTube channel has a lot of free meditations, so go there. Thank you so much. I hope that you guys have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. I am sending you all so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.